Twizzlers, you used to be able to, to bite the ends up, both Twizzlers, and see through it. See daylight. Sure, sure. And now you can't do that at all. You might. They're like a collapsed artery <laughs> that, I'm, that I'm sucking movie soda out of. <laughs> What's going on, podcast listeners? This is episode 35 of the Nail Social Office Hours podcast. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> Just cued me in to the podcast by saying, and scene. But that's what you say at the end of a thing, not the beginning. Okay, well, I'm switching it up. We need to be a little bit more theatrical, high energy, keep people moving. People okay. want to hear what's going okay. on. Okay. For those of you who don't know us, I'm Rachel Jackson. I am the social analytics manager at Nail Communications. I am Jess Bachman, digital strategy director here at Nail Communications, lead scientist junior at Nailed Social. And we have a packed show for you guys today. Mm-hmm. We are talking about, first, this week in paid, we're going to talk about the full rollout of CBO, finally, it's here. Uh, for Facebook ad, ad it's buying. Back. It's here. It's Well, it didn't really leave, but um, we'll chat about that and what that means for your uh, media buyers. This week in organic social, we want to do a highlight on a brand we think is doing a great job and we, uh, from something we saw on organic social. So we'll chat about Chewy and what Chewy is doing. Then we're going to talk about the NASMIs. The NASMIs. <laughs> Which is the Nail Social Media Awards. We just had our first annual uh, award show yesterday for our internal group. Uh, but we want to talk about what our categories were and what, what the winners looked like. Mm-hmm. And then in a final segment, Trollgate which we couldn't come up with a good name for. Uh, we want to talk about community management for government accounts or accounts that get a lot of negative comments right. and what you can do to mitigate that. And then the rant will makes an appearance. Yeah, and we might have a special guest later on in the episode, uh, an expert in the um, confectionate arts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Can be your sugar when you're feeling for that sweet spot. Put me in your mouth, baby, and eat it to your teeth. Right? I can be your cherry apple pecan on your key lime. Whoa. This is the wrong song. What are you talking about? This is Candy by Doja Cat. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Not Say So by Doja Cat. I'm so sorry. Oh you, there's so many Doja Cat. Well, actually, this made. is a good thing to bring up. Doja Cat is like rocking it on TikTok these days, which is interesting because I don't really know how to feel about her. I loved the song Say So. I think it's fun. Um, I went and searched her and realized she was the one who sang the cow song. Mm. Like moo, mm. moo. I can't remember the lyrics. But apparently. Wait, wait, go on. Nope. <laughs> but apparently she had some homophobic comments in the past. Which I'm not quite sure if she apologized for them or not. Just wanted to say that up front. So um, that's how you should feel when we play this transition music over and over again. Yeah. Feel uncomfortable. I feel uncomfortable <laughs> about by even choosing on. this song. But anyway, she it has multiple songs on TikTok that are uh, TikTok dances. Um, Candy is one of them. Say So is the other one. And then people are actually... TikToking off of people talking about Doja Cat. It's an mm. entirely new segment. Anyway, she's quite popular. Switching gears over to... <laughs> <laughs> I 
I've spent a lot of time on TikTok for the past few weeks, you guys. Um, switching over gears to paid social, we want to talk about CBO. For those of you mm-hmm. who don't know, CBO is campaign budget optimization. Right. It's basically it's um, one level of automation that Facebook wants to employ on your campaigns. Um, before CBO existed, there was a, a campaign um, like the, the setup of Facebook's ad structure, there's a campaign. And within that, there's several ad sets. You can put as many as you want or just one. But before CBO existed, you had to manage the budget of each ad set independently. Mm-hmm. And what's inside an ad set is mainly your audience. And that's sort of how mm-hmm. you decide how much budget is there. If your audience is a million people, it's going to be, a, you're going to need more money to hit those people rather than, you know, a 20,000 um person's audience size so that's how you would you would sort of choose your budget and also you know how high you wanted your frequency to be that sort of thing now with cbo you put in however much money you want at the campaign level Mm -hmm. and you have facebook decide what's working best and what's working best is going to be based on what your um what your campaign objective is so if you have a traffic objective it'll be whatever's getting the cheapest clicks for example or if it's a conversion it's going to be the cheapest cpa so so um, a lot of people like this because it makes mm-hmm. things easier and it gives Facebook more control and constant ability to have automation. And I think that's what's made it a lot easier for me is giving Facebook the reins that because they can make 80,000 optimizations just while the time that I'm sleeping, it's, it's a lot faster. But or it's a, one. Or one. <laughs> or zero. Or none. Um, or make a change that's the wrong kind of change, which right. I have experience with. It. So anyway, mm. it can be easy that way, but it can also take away your ability to manage, manage those budgets um, at the audience level, which is really necessary. If you have an audience you absolutely need to hit, and maybe it's not... Um, cost effective for example but you need to hit it because maybe you have um you this is a segment that needs to be aware or it's a segment that's mm-hmm. hard to reach or sure. a segment that you you need to have or an underserved segment um and it's not getting the budget it needs that's very frustrating you can uh, put in minimums and maximums on the budget le- on the uh, ad set level for budgets with cbo but they won't always be hit right and cbo has been an option for a little over a year mm-hmm. um it feels like but and then facebook has constantly been saying oh in september cbo will be mandatory or and they keep pushing that back mm-hmm. and it seems like they're saying february february it's going to be mandatory for all accounts um so if you're not currently using cbo search that up on google yeah we've, we've definitely been encouraging people i think since like september to use cbo because you need to know how it's going to affect your accounts you need to start um, testing and experimenting with it and I think it's especially important for I mean, not just direct response clients but what mm-hmm. I was talking about before is our clients that maybe our government clients or clients that rely on awareness or nonprofit clients that really need to reach underserved communities or specific audiences yep. that might not be cost effective or might not be the um, the least expensive you need to figure out how that works for you and how that will affect your buying because it, it, it's definitely going to change. Right. Um, Rachel mentioned one way of, of mitigating um, such a hard change is to set minimums or, or maximums with these things. Another way to do it is to basically sort of break what Facebook wants and just have one ad set per campaign and leave it at that. And that mm-hmm. leaves nothing for Facebook to optimize. And then now it's back on you. To, to do that optimization right. but it's gonna that's gonna make a mess out of your yeah account. it's a mess organizationally like if, if you think about how that works but it's also a mess in terms of 
you can't really see like I guess total frequency or whatever you know because you're not you're not mm. able to see the total between different different ad sets in one campaign so again we really encourage you to experiment with this and we also apologize for anyone listening to this podcast who had no idea of the words we were just talking about this is a it's a fairly intricate sort of arcane thing but it is a huge deal in the world of paid social can be your sugar when you're feeling for that sweet spot Come me in your mouth, baby, and eat it to your teeth, right? I can be your cherry apple pick on your key line. This week in organic. So, what is Chewy doing? So, um, Chewy is has this very interesting tactic, which is not a digital or social tactic, but what's happening is they're doing it and it's being shared a lot on social. And so we'll actually, um, Rachel sent me this video of this TikTok of this woman reacting to this particular tactic. And we're going to play that. It's about a minute. And then you'll get the idea of what's going on. So you know what I wish was a feature? The ability to look at other people's duets. There's this girl that was like Disney characters in real life. Duet this if you think you look like one of the Disney characters. There's someone outside of my house delivering flowers I think because I got a call that someone sent me flowers which is like oh my god so thank you I literally don't know where I was going with this but someone legitimately just sent me flowers like look how pretty that is oh my god um this is like the nicest thing in the entire world chewy.com like the place where you can get like your dog food and dog medicine and like all that stuff um we had some set up for our dog obviously i was like hey like we need to cancel it like he passed away it was like super like awful and they just sent me flowers what i am blown away and oh my god that was holy what wow <laughs> i love this i love everything about it and, and it's true I, I think this happens for a lot of chewy customers um i'm not sure if it's 100 percent standard but this happened to someone in our office and it's like it's definitely something i've heard before where if your pet passes away and you cancel a subscription and you explain that mm -hmm. they will send you flowers and it's this awesome experiential thing that is just made to share and it builds up so much goodwill and right. I guess I'm saying that from like a cynical point of view all of this is like very it sounds very calculated when we're talking about it but it really is just a very kind thing to do and it's something someone is a hundred percent going to tell their friends about they're they're going to you know post it on TikTok right. <clears throat> this video is an amazing testimonial especially because it starts in a completely different direction she wasn't even going to talk about this until it actually happened in front of her right and and being cynical um, it is a brilliant calculation and execution on Chewy's part because mm -hmm. if they were to do this like right after their pet died, that would be like, ew, gross, you mm -hmm. know, whatever. But when you go on the Chewy and you, you cancel your subscription, you're sort of at the acceptance phase and then you get this, you know, a week later and Chewy would probably be the only person that sent you flowers for your mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. deceased pet. It's perfectly timed. It builds this credibility and this trust in this fantastic, you know, sort of reputation for Chewy that they that they have this, you know, emotional goodwill. It's really a great idea. And I've seen it. I, I after seeing that TikTok, I was like, this is such an awesome example of a testimonial. I went and searched on Twitter and I searched um, in, in Instagram and there's 
hundreds of examples of this and mm -hmm. people sharing it. And it, I think it's, it's an awesome execution. It's a good thing to think about what you can do, not just from a social perspective, but what can you do that is shareable and what can right. you do that is a in-person sort of thing. Right. And the other thing about this is they're sending a physical artifact, which yep. can't be shared like a, just a, a retweet or something like this. Like if you want to share this, you almost have to like make a video about it. Right. And when you do that, you're allowing your, your own emotions or people seeing your own emotions, like just watching the emotions of this person being blown away. Um, like I feel like I need to be a Chewy customer now. Mm -hmm. We talk a lot about how word of mouth is the most authentic way to build up you know, your sphere of influence. And this is just one more example of that. And it absolutely happens on social. So I, we, we definitely need to think about how more how brands can do that. Right. A lot of social strategists, they think, um, how do we get shares and retweets and whatever? And it's just like a purely digital play and they optimize for like ease of sharing. Um, but a lot of times that precludes like physical artifacts or other things, which, um, have a lot more weight to them and makes the share more powerful. Mm -hmm. So think about what you guys can do in IRL. In IRL is too many eyes. Can be your sugar when you're feeling for that sweet spot. Put me in your mouth, baby, and eat it to your teeth. I can be your cherry apple pick on your key line. All right. So this week, actually yesterday, we had the nail social media awards whoa <laughs> just getting people in the mood for the nail social media awards rundown recap um so let me just pause this what were our categories you may ask well we started with uh what what campaign or what actual ad unit had the highest click-through rate then we had what ad unit had the highest video completion, and we did a 30-second video and then a 30-plus second video, so a long-form video. A highest ad recall lift, most assets, most liked, and best campaign. So all of these, we made sure to note that they weren't, uh, we didn't choose these because we liked them the most. We didn't choose these because we had personal bias. It was all based on what actually worked in market in um what people what people interacted with the most right and um just so you know we aren't in the habit of just awarding ourselves awards with our own award show this is a this is like an internal education effort to get other people on the team to like because we look at the data all the time and we have to disseminate that information in interesting ways that don't sound like we're nagging people to <laughs> make it shorter in the first three seconds or that type of thing um <clears throat> so we have a lot of different categories but I don't think we need to go over like which one which, but overall, what really struck me as interesting is the stuff that worked the best, that was the most memorable, the most effective, the most got the most clicks was not the stuff that we spent the most time creating. Or necessarily the most money. I think about one of our, uh, one of our video ads that had the, that won the video completion section. Uh, was one of the cheapest and it was animated and it did not have a shoot associated with it and mm -hmm. it was something that uh, our creatives came up with very quickly but it had a lot of staying power and it had a lot of um, engagement 
on the actual ad unit and it continues to do very very well as as we continue to run the campaign so it's not necessarily the highly most highly produced it's not necessarily something that um that cost the most money, but it is the the winners have been things that have been made specifically for the platforms. Right. Yeah. And when uh, some of the creative directors were received their NASMI award, they kind of like demurred, like, "Oh, this only took ten minutes to create." Um, but in terms of like a cost efficiency thing, you kind of want to do that like all the time. If mm -hmm. you can create the most effective things in only ten minutes, um, well, then you have sort of a, a highly sort of profitable business there. But the other thing is, it's not, I don't want to, I don't want people to think that the only stuff that works is stuff that takes low effort. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of these campaigns were very holistic and we put a lot of attention into, like, for example, Woodchuck. A lot of the creative that came out of that, um, particularly on Reddit, did not take a lot of time to to come up with. However, the campaign you, um, you strategy. You might need to explain what that client was. Well, it was just Woodchuck, they sell cider. We did a campaign on Reddit. Um, they're actually, Reddit's actually flying us to New York to present this as a gold standard campaign. But what's interesting is that the creative looked amateur, but there was so much planning and strategy on the back end that I would not say that that campaign was low effort at all. Right, that's a, that's a very good example. And I think almost all of our campaigns are that way. It's, it's more about having... Uh, having that upfront strategy, having an upfront understanding and tone of the campaign, what the campaign is going to be, what the brand looks like, having that all understood and then how can that be executed on social? Because it's going to look completely different on social than it would on TV or in print or on radio. And that is exactly what, what you need to continue to think about for 2020 is that you cannot blanket use the same sort of assets and the same sort of content on any of these channels and the same can be said for the channels within social you know your instagram is going to look different than facebook it's going to look different than youtube we can't just do the same thing on every platform right right and just as a as an educational tool if you are at an agency and you work with the other creatives please let them know what's working mm -hmm. because what they're going to pay attention to is sort of what wins awards and what working and what wins awards are not the same in most cases, you know? Except for the Nazmis. <laughs> Except for the Nazmis. Can be your sugar when you're feeling but that sweet spot. Come me in your mouth, baby, and eat it to your teeth. I can be your cherry apple peak on your key lime. Trollgate <laughs> is the name of this segment. Which we couldn't think of. We couldn't pay think the of troll a, pay gate? the troll. I don't know. We couldn't think of a way to add pay, troll pay into this. Troll. But when we run um, uh, run campaigns for government accounts or nonprofit accounts or accounts that have, for some reason, a controversial message or or you know a political message or something like that, we can get a lot of trolls. And so, I think it is important to talk about the ways you get around the trolls that isn't that aren't just humor like humor is of course right. what we, we what we say all the time you know respond to someone and disarm them that's can't, not always the case for some accounts they can't particularly always government do that. accounts yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not just it's not just government accounts it's any any campaign where you're running to a particularly cantankerous audience yes whether <laughs> that's older people or people in Rhode Island or whatever, um, you will find people that, that you need to sort of deal with. Mm -hmm. Two things on the Facebook side that you can do that will, that will totally help you out are first, 
put your profanity filter on on Facebook. This mm -hmm. can be found in your Facebook page settings, not on the ad side, but in your page settings um, in the moderation area. You can um, you can put turn on th that filter on either mild or strong, and the strong one will take out hide any swear words so anyone who's who's a bit angry will be will be hidden they won't be deleted but they'll be hidden i wonder what mild is i'm not sure <laughs> i don't know maybe like hell i don't know heck <laughs> heck um also the page moderation tool so this is you can upload a list of words that you would like banned. So anytime someone uses mm -hmm. one of those words, they will be hidden, the, the, uh, the post will be hidden on, um, or the comment will be hidden on the post. So both of these, I, I would definitely recommend people use. If you're a government account, we have seen um, government accounts to say, you know, actually we cannot, we can turn on the profanity filter, that's fine, but we can't use a page moderation tool because we are a, um, we are, a public forum and so if we start hiding things and if we hide every little thing it's going to look like we're censoring so I would right. definitely make sure you guys are aware of that and understand what your community guidelines are your brand guidelines if you you might run into an instance if you're if a million things are being hidden then people might say oh actually it looks like they're censoring or it looks like they're trying to shut us up mm -hmm. and you don't want to be in that um, situation either so definitely weigh the pros and cons of that and if the ad if the ad unit itself looks like it's got 8 million different comments hidden, maybe turn that one off. Right. And dealing with, um, you might get sort of negative comments that relate to the subject matter. You can deal with those however you want, but like trolls are a very different breed because they're not looking for an answer or a dialogue. They're looking to stir some shit mm -hmm. up. And the one thing they want is a community manager to get in there and continue to stir the shit up, get into a um, bad faith argument. So one tactic that we use, it's kind of called the the open faced sort of shit sandwich, where if someone's like, oh, this is the worst, the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. You start with, oh, thank you, Bob, for your feedback. And then you you answer their question in a way that doesn't allow them to grapple on, doesn't it just a totally unsatisfying answer for um, a troll and you don't let them know that you got upset because that's what they want. So th that's something to try. And oftentimes the, the community managers, I'm not gonna say they're s smarter, but they get the game more mm -hmm. than some of the trolls. And we found that you can almost sort of make fun of the troll in a, like a, a subtly ironic way within the comment that can be incredibly cathartic <laughs> to do. <laughs> that is absolutely true. Um, one of the best things, like I said at the top of this segment, is that is using humor. And I think a lot of community managers, especially in the nonprofit or government um, world, are not using GIFs and they're no. not using emojis and they're not being like people. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest thing I would encourage that you, you to do is not seem like a robot. Right. If you don't want people to think you're a robot, don't act like a robot. Right. Trolls come in and thinking you are like uh, the bureaucracy, but as soon as you show some sign that you are a human and understand uh, the power of Baby Yoda, they <laughs> will back off a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then the, the final thing I'll say is that a lot of times when, when someone actually has a question, when they have a real question or an issue and they, they ask it in the comments, a lot of times uh, community managers will respond back with simply just a link or you can find information here or here's your phone number to call. That is not a good idea. 
actually mm -hmm. answer the question because what right. it looks like is you're just passing the buck to someone else or it looks like you don't actually want to engage with them you're just sort of checking a box when it comes to community management if this is where your customer service is happening and this is where your 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 um, constituents are and this is where your customers are you need to look like you have a uh, you know an open ear and so it, you need to actually answer that question in detail in the in the comment because you know what there's a lot of other people who haven't asked the question who are thinking the same thing mm -hmm. and the last point I'll mention is that timing is particularly important because so important the the first comments can sort of set the tone so if if you have a troll who sees um, a post and they're like oh screw that and then they go into the comments and they see whether you've like turned a, a troll around or they see the positive comments up front they might not even post or, or they might back down or they might understand that you are a human and then you won't have to deal with their particular comments so as soon as something's launched, the first 24 hours is particularly important. And depending on the, the platform, the, the timing is way more important because on Reddit, those comments solidify mm. very quickly. Yeah, Reddit's on, a different piece. <laughs> on Facebook, there's there's a lots of other things in the algorithm in play in terms of like who you're friends with and whatever. And sometimes recency versus new comments um, it will affect anything. But be proactive initially to, uh, when you start a campaign. Can be your sugar when you're feeling for that sweet spot. Put me in your mouth, baby, and eat it to your teeth, right? I can be your cherry apple peak on your key line. Rant wheel time. Okay. Bring have, it in. We have. Wheeling it in. Wheeling in the rant wheel. We have three options. Um, the Rock and other celebs on TikTok. Oh. Facebook features that never leave beta. Did you varnish the rant wheel? It looks like it's got like a coat of varnish on it. It smells oh. like it. Like there's a lot of fumes in here. So just keep that in mind. Upgraded rant wheel. <laughs> and then Reddit ads with the comments off, but have Reddit language. Let's do it. Let's spin the wheel. Can't wait. Mm. Okay. What that? Reddit ads with the comments off, but use that use Reddit language. Oh, whose rant is this? We can co-rant. All right, co-rant. So One, a lot of two, three. <laughs> These days, I'm seeing uh, Reddit ads, and I don't want to name names because I feel like that's rude. But a lot of Reddit ads that are saying like, "Today I learned," or like that face when, or which, yada yada yada. Which is a good step in the direction of being native. Yeah, it is native. My reaction when, and then it's a well, line about the product. Or even, I've seen a video where a, a, there's like a pupper and a dog grabs a literal upvote. So people yeah. are spending time, not yeah. just the, the copy, to make Reddit-specific ads. So Reddit-specific ads, native to the platform, only Redditors will get it. We're totally on board with that. But why are your comments closed? I know. Why? And there's no op there's. And some of them even have upvotes, which you never see. Yeah. Actually, you know what I've seen? Some have awards, but it looks really fake. Mm. Who would give you an award if your comments are closed and your ad is like a little bit Reddit-ish? Right. I don't get that. So when, when we run, ran our particular campaign on Reddit, the comments were where most of the value was created. Mm -hmm. It was the, the image and whatever that was great for awareness. But the comment section is where these super fans sort of self-developed and self-identified. And, and that's where you sell people. You're not selling anyone with your ad unit in your headline. You're selling people with your community management and like actually having a discussion with people. And I know a lot of people don't have, or a lot of brands don't have the resources to do this sort of thing. But 
don't if you don't have the resources but to do it the right do, way like, then ad- why wouldn't like you like adobe or yeah. these sort of beloved brands that that don't have ill will and do have the resources and put a lot of resources into the video and then cut off the bottom of all the value it's it's really irritating it's very frustrating i mean it Maybe because they think it's not brand safe to do that sort of thing. Like you're definitely, it's definitely, a, I don't want to say a risk because it's not a risk. That's dramatic. It's, but it's definitely something new and you have to be ready for and you have to be okay with people saying F you a million times. It's just really frustrating because there's a, there's a way to do this right. And there's a way to endear people to your brand and not be a bad advertiser on Reddit. And we're only seeing mediocre advertising. Right. And this is something that, um, we talked to the Reddit CMO last week, and she totally agrees with. And if you want to know more about this, meet us in New York at the end of the month at the Reddit sales conference. <laughs> Can be your sugar when you're for that sweet spot. Put me in your mouth, baby, and eat it to your teeth. I can be your cherry apple peak on your key lime. Why do you keep moving your arm? Because <laughs> it's it's one of those things. It's just like. I just TikTok, keep seeing out of move, the men. I just keep seeing out <laughs> of the corner of my eye. Jess is like shifting his arm. It looks like he's like trying to like shake out a um if his arm fell asleep or something. Anyway, Rachel may be unfamiliar with it's it's called dancing. <laughs> oh my god! No way. Thank you for making it to the end of our podcast here. Uh, We just want to finish up and plug our ears. If you guys want to know more about us, we are Social online. That's our website. You can see all of our services that we offer and chat with us if you're interested in any of those. We are also super active on Twitter. We are Social there. We are Social on TikTok. Uh, And our email is nailsocial. Wrong. (laughs) I don't know what our email is. It's coffee at nail.social. You know what? I was close. So, uh, that's it for us. We will see you guys next week, but we do have a very special after show where we're going to have the Candyman join us. Yeah, stick around for that. You're going to love it. Welcome to the after show, everyone. We are here with a special guest Ryan Garber, otherwise known as the Candyman around the office. Ryan, are you wearing makeup today? Uh, around I, your ears? I, yeah, only around my ears because that's where I feel uh, the most self-conscious. Ryan's a bit of an odd duck, but the reason why we brought him in here is to... He is the expert on all things confectionery, particularly lowbrow. Would you say? Is that can, accurate? Candy SAT word. Confectionary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so the we were, we were going to put this in the rant wheel, but we decided not to because it's not social related. But I feel like you'll have some strong thoughts on this. Candy is social related. Let's, sure. Let, let, let's not trick ourselves into thinking that candy is only something to be enjoyed by ourselves. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And there's a, there's a lot of brands that candy brands that do well on social, but we're not here to talk about that. No. We're talking about a very, very particular issue. And that issue is the shrinking size of candy. So what I'm talking about is Twizzlers are no longer large enough to be used as like a straw. Malt balls or Whoppers, which I know you, you dislike, have become smaller and denser. And there's a lot of candy that's just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Are you just continually growing? Because I feel like I'm not having the same, like, 
and well, okay, there there is a there there might be a nostalgic effect where it's like Twizzlers in my hand when I was seven was a certain size, and I've grown. But I think what's actually happening is companies are shaving. They're doing like a profit play. Uh, well, definitely. And to be honest with you, as somebody who's a huge fan of candy, anything that these companies can do to keep themselves in business and make sure that even though the Twizzler in my hand might be a little bit smaller and I can't use it as, as a straw, which let's, I mean, those were not effective straws. That was just something they w- fun. They that you were could do. a long time ago. I see. I, and now I, don't I have. Know. I feel like Are I have to. Are you older like... than me? Because like I, I feel like I remember when I was using Twizzlers as a tra- as a straw. I'd be like, well, I mean, this doesn't work. I'm it like did. giving myself it, a headache Twizzlers, trying to get the liquid. Twizzlers, you used to be able to to bite the ends up both Twizzlers and see through it, see daylight. Sure, sure. And now you can't do that at all. You might. They're like a collapsed artery <laughs> that I'm that I'm sucking movie soda out of. Well, I, I just don't. I mean, and maybe this is just me not being like a a big Twizzlers fan. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I don't see the candy sizes getting smaller being something that like I really need to like hitch my hitch my wagon to kind of thing like it, it's kind of simple like and this isn't candy it's another snack food big fan well, of snack food just how in small general. is too small well i like i feel like we're having a different are, are whoppers now. gonna <laughs> turn into like skittles now i mean they're no longer whoppers if they're i would just like to have whoppers stricken from the record because like they, they, it's not even worth our time talking about whoppers how dare you sir have you ever cut a whopper in half and looked inside it yeah. looks it looks like it's like from a different plant like malted milk <laughs> who's malting milk malted milk was a thing <laughs> in my day <laughs> no <clears throat> nobody should malt milk and then try to just mask it in chocolate and be like hey look at look at this this is a candy and then you bite into it and you're like it feels like i'm eating dust from an asteroid okay well like- the, the problem is you're eating whoppers wrong and whoppers is one of two candies that you can eat in a particular way you can you put a Whopper in your mouth and you don't just crunch into it. You can like suck the, the chocolate off until you have a nicely formed like cookie type ball. And then you eat that. Just like with the, you know, the like gummy, they're like raspberries, but they have either like black or red little sort of beads on the outside. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So those are sort of an experience to eat because you can do the same thing. It, it, it's. I feel like you get those at like the, the nice receptionist at the. Yeah. I was going to say the dentist, but probably not the dentist. But or like, like maybe the, the doctor. Bratches. Bracks. <laughs> <Your bracks. laughs> it's a it's a it's a nice departure from like your typical caramel or Werther's or butterscotch that you get there. So like if somebody's <clears throat> giving me a blackberry that looks like a blackberry that mm-hmm. is a hard candy that's going to last for twenty minutes, like I'm I'm here for it. And to be honest with you, it doesn't really matter to me how what the size of it is. You seen those little tiny little takeaway candies that they got like mm-hmm. the. The chocolate cherry kinds and like, oh yeah, the strawberry right. ones too. Strawberries. Well, I, I feel like I feel like we're a different generation. I feel like we eat candy differently. Where I take my time, and you are at your desk blowing a line of nerds rope like <laughs> every ten minutes. Yeah, well, uh, I'm gonna have to go through a, a long and rigorous uh, behavior change course with that because uh, being 30 now, mm-hmm. I can't continue my old habits are definitely gonna die hard. And the fact that 
I have to now limit my intake of candy. Right. I mean, it's brain food. Like, I had a third grade teacher that before every single test, she would put a little piece of hard candy on her desk and call it brain food. So at a very young age, I was like, okay, like, this is brain, this is normal. I'm going to eat candy before. Explains a lot. (laughs) She's a great teacher. So it sounds like kind of mean. you are in a, in, a, in a phase of your life where you have to eat less candy but enjoy it more. Exactly. Okay, so I think you should revisit Whoppers. Not a fucking chance. Not a fucking chance. I, I, that's just always been one of those, like, all the candy that I didn't eat as a kid usually was a candy that, like, my, my mother might eat or maybe my brother might eat. Like Necco wafers? That's that. I mean, are we calling that candy? Like, I guess, like, it probably says confection wax something. bottles. Yeah, wax bottles. Hey, <laughs> don't knock wax bottles. Lots of lots of different uses for the wax afterwards. Oh, yeah, like what? I, homemade candles. They're probably really small now. They probably backs. Earring backs. Whoa. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I didn't see that on the I didn't see that on the life life hacks video. <laughs> But no, so that's that like that's your gripe for candy feels like it's getting smaller. Yeah. And your example is Twizzlers. And Twizzlers, because that's because with Whoppers it, it feels like it's smaller in my mouth, but with Twizzlers there's a point where it either sucks soda or it doesn't suck soda. And I think 20, 2021, 2022 is the year when Twizzlers are completely ineffective at sucking soda. And we'll have to have to put because like that's a, exactly a what rod they're making down them, them for. Like, like, <laughs> like, what are they doing? Like, but it's they're... the experience that you lose from that. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't be a Twizzlers fan if I didn't use them as a straw. Well, you, you oh, now man. have one of those like boomer esque stories. Like, oh, in my day, when I was at the movies, right. and I got a icy, I could use a Twizzler as a straw. Yeah. Meanwhile, this kid's using like whatever version of a paper straw that just disintegrates within the first 15 minutes and he can't even enjoy his icy right so the after show is now the length of the regular show i appreciate anyone sticking around for the whole thing how long was your regular show it's about 30 minutes this was not 30 minutes it was no it wasn't it was no it wasn't (laughs) it was unbelievable (laughs) unbelievable how fast time flies (laughs) i'm just gonna say if if your only gripe about candy and confectionery things is the fact that you've noticed them getting smaller i didn't say it was my only gripe Okay, well, I, maybe I'm just generalizing here. I'm so sorry. I'm putting you in that. I know in, you in that box. I know you have a reservoir of gripes bubbling behind that tongue of yours. I do. I behind sh- that blue coated sure tongue do. of yours. <laughs> What's funny? Oh man, yeah. There's there's a lot of things that bother me. One of the main things is that you uh, you solved this Christmas season was getting my hands on shockers. Yeah. I wonder if they were taken off just like because of the name. Well, I tell you, come back out. I, I tell you what about the shockers. Um, what I gave you to you were like blue shockers. They're actually um, they're they're like extreme sour sweet tarts, but shockers were just renamed to that. Got it. So shockers don't exist. It was the name thing. They're yeah. called extreme sour sour sweet, sweet tarts. Well, yeah, I. And I totally understood the like two level of effort that went into generating that many blues. Right. 
That, that's a lot because like I, I remember being in grade school, getting a pack of shockers, opening it up, and then just wanting to throw them against the wall when I only got two in a pack. Right. And, and, and yeah, and so the the pain in my household that we went through when we had now had two pounds of blue shock or two pounds of shockers without the blues <laughs> that our family got into and destroyed their tongues yeah. over the course of 48 hours. That, I, I can't tell you how many times that I have like felt my tongue going like into that like burn sour state. Why did I and you're do almost this? you're you're almost to the end and you're just like I, I'm not you, you can't stop here. I know. It's like the minute you jump off the cliff, you're not going to be able to go back. So I know. like your tongue's already burned, just ride it out. I know. There's a CIA black site where they're just feeding people these sour candies <laughs> as the only food. It, it's like Warheads back in the day. They came in a bag that had like it was meant for you to share it with all your friends, but then like like you didn't want to do that because like you eat all the black cherries and then you eat all the blueberries and mm-hmm. then like obviously you save lemon lemon for the end but... that's the other thing that's the other gripe i have oh my the, god the share god. size <laughs> share size you buy these and it's not because you want to share it's just because <clears throat> you like want more and you need an excuse to it should be like the the like you've eaten too much size or something <laughs> you know <laughs> Size so just it's it's, don't. X, it's just XL don't. it's XL yeah. it's like I bought a sweater and it's like oh it's a share size no <laughs> it's an XL and those packages just become like petri dishes because like you know kids are doing that and like share it with your friends and like you, you got a bunch of eight year olds <laughs> digging their fingers in there Ooh. so Quebec to connect it back to the original rant <clears throat> the share size is a thing even with a bag of combos when you buy a bag of combos do you buy the the small ones uh, no not if you want a cool flavor. Right, you buy the you buy the larger ones, which is it's almost too much for like one person in one sitting. But you can, sometimes you eat it the whole thing anyways. But you can't buy the smaller ones because the smaller ones have gotten so small, and it's forcing people into the the bigger size sizes. And that's with like all the candies. It's like a strategy. I'm gonna be honest. Like I I'm like I'm not I I, I don't think I share this concern only because I think number one, as a general population. I don't think we need more combos. I don't think we need more candy. And there, like, I, I, w- I went through a very big dietary shift mm-hmm. earlier last year where I did the whole 30 and I quote unquote rewired my brain for sugar. Mm-hmm. And now when I have candy, it's like an event. And I'm be honest, like, I, I pretty much like completely thrashed that entire thing in the past month or so. Right. Because Nerds Rope came back into my life. Well, I'm sure your dentist shares the same concern that I have. That lady was really <laughs> disappointed in me really disappointed and like when you have like a 50 something year old woman that like kind of feels like a mother figure and she like is just talking to you as if like your mother just like caught you doing something you weren't supposed to be doing it's like as a 30 year old that that just like took me way back Mm. and that that was unfortunate but i'm never gonna stop eating candy it's never gonna happen (laughs) all right we'll end it there thanks for joining and thanks for listening to Two hours of the Nail Social <laughs> podcast. Unbelievable. You guys are, are great stands if you stuck around this long. Thank you. and All you, uh, all you stands out there. And have a good one. And scene.